0: This is Feed, Play, Love, a podcast especially for the parents and carers of small children. I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt. Over the years, I've spoken to some really interesting people about parenting, and this next interview is one from our collection. I hope you enjoy it. Before you became a parent, chances are you would have known our next guest through her acting career in shows like Home and Away, All Saints, and Love My Way. After having children you'll know her through her work on play school and through her music think songs like watermelon i like to sing and dinosaur roar i am of course speaking about Justine Clark the actor musician and author loved by parents and children alike hi justine welcome to kindling conversations oh, thanks for having me congratulations on your new album pajama jam your fifth i understand mm-hmm. Can you tell us what it was like writing this album? I mean, particularly with three kids, do you work from home or do you run to a studio and lock the
1: door? No, I dream of running to a studio and locking the door, <laughs> but that's never going to happen. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I, I think about it, I think, how could that happen in my life? No. <laughs> okay. um, move on. Um, we had been, I have two writing partners, and we had been you know, kicking around the idea of a, a lullabies album for actually about three years. And back and forth sort of writing. So I I write on Skype, which I I actually think is a great a great way to write because you can stay in your pajamas but you're still <laughs> collaborating. And I don't know. I think there's a certain freedom in not actually being in the room with somebody, but being able to see them. So you're still connected to them, but you're not. You know, you're not going to offend them so much. You know, not
0: in each other's space.
1: Yeah. So I I found it very productive actually. I've written a lot. So my main um, writing partner lives in New Zealand. And um, we Skype regularly, you know. And and
0: do your kids know when you're on Skype
1: to leave mum alone? Well, usually I don't. I usually do it when they're when they're out of the house, because otherwise they want to come in and have a chat, and you know, or it's noisy or whatever. <laughs> I just can't. It's not going to work like that. So yeah, it's usually when they're when they're not there. So that's really it. And you know, I just find a little corner.
0: <laughs> it's just a little spot down somewhere. put a blanket over you. You can't see me. I mean, how does that change um, in your creativity? Because you've been doing music throughout your career and before children, as we all know, life is very different. Creatively, That does that mean like, you know, once upon a time you might have had an idea or wanted to write a lyric and you could just sit down and do it? Are you having to control your creativity in a way you didn't before?
1: Yes, and and funnily enough, I've been I've been more productive creatively since I've had children. I think I've realised that I need a deadline. Actually, you know, and that there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing sort of uncool about having a deadline, um, <laughs> you know. Or, or there's it's it's actually that the, the sort of the stress and the pressure of that that actually kind of pushes out an idea and forms an idea properly, and then. Um, you know, you, then you can then you can move on and, and do more. So in that way, I've been a lot more prolific, and I've had a reason to finish things, whether it be, you know, to put food on on the table or to finish something before the kids get home because I've only got a certain amount of time to do it. And this is my only chance for this kind of outlet, and I really want to produce something from it, whatever it is. It's given me um, it's given me motivation. I think that I didn't I didn't I didn't have before I didn't have a, a reason to do it. I, I I liked doing it, but I would often question why I was doing it. Yeah, and that that would take over a lot more from the actually just the enjoyment of creating something. So, you know, I'm I'm so pleased I had had children. You know, selfishly <laughs> for that reason, <laughs> more productive. Yeah, that's
0: that's great. <laughs> and what about touring? You're about to start an Australia-wide tour with this album. Do you ever take your family on the road with you? And And what's that like? Because I'm assuming that your kids are at school so you can't always have them with you. What's it like touring with a family?
1: Um, Well, two are now in high school so we can't tour the way that we have in the past but they have come on the road quite a a lot with me, particularly early on when I did more regional touring which I don't tend to do now. I I really only do capital cities just because of, you know, basically because of family. But when, when we were um regionally touring and it was in the holidays which it often is um they would come on the road and um they would you know work at the merch <laughs> at the merch desk <laughs> awesome. or you know there was one show where um at one point in the show there were four bubble machines that would come on and Nina who was then probably 5 or 6 <laughs> she was in charge of turning on the bubble machine oh that's awesome yeah so they've they've always been a part of the shows in some you know in 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 some way and being in a bus, like a, a tour bus, is actually it's really fun. You know, we do the quiz with the, with the band, yep. and you know, Nina would read out the questions, and yeah, Joe really loves working in in any capacity, whether it's backstage or you know, at, at the merch desk. Part of their pocket money. Yes, they do get they get paid. Like if they oh, work good. if they work well, they do.
0: Yeah, nice one. I like that. <laughs> um, and so, do they get a say in your tour rider? <laughs> and what what is it actually like? Imagining it's a bit different. It's really from different. Kanye.
1: Yeah, it's really different. And if you really want to know, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah, nuts. It's nuts and fruit and tea. There has to be tea. And usually No tea, Justine Clark is not getting out of bed. I ca- I can't. No. But usually um we bring it ourselves. There's no um there's no writer. <laughs> there's no writer. you well, not you've got a it's charge gonna to speak to your management. Something's <laughs> gotta change there.
0: Look, Kindling's philosophy about music for kids is that it it just needs to be good it doesn't need to be simple repetitive or boring and it feels like you have that same approach in your music would you agree with that
1: yeah i think kids have a an innate sense of good music you know they i think they're natural musicians and they na- they naturally connect to it and it doesn't have to be it definitely doesn't have to be children's music for them to like it at all in fact i think that you know a pop song a 3 minute pop song is just perfect kids. It's just the the right length. It's got a great structure. To my kids, I play them all all kinds of music, but I think it's a really good time to expose kids to a a whole lot of different kinds of music.
0: Which actually brings me to my next question, and that is, do you still sing to your kids? I know probably not the teenagers. They might be telling you to shut up. Um, But when they were younger, did you sing to them? And how many of your songs on your albums are inspired by your own children?
1: Probably this latest one is inspired by my own children, probably the most. I think because it is a lullaby album, and that really was the time when I would sing to my kids more than any other time. We never had any, you know, proper sleeping routines. um, So it was really just whatever works. When you're in bed, if I sing to you. Yeah, and if I'm here and I'm singing and it's dark and eventually you will go to sleep because, you you know, eventually you will and at least I'm I'm occupied doing something I like too.
0: Exactly, exactly. And have they ever said, I'll I'll never forget my mum who – has sung to all of our kids. So there's three kids in my family. She's looked after all of our kids and sung them all to sleep. And she always sings them um, rock and roll and ride and, I don't know, Morningtown Train, ride. So uh, Morningtown Ride. And Mm. she has sung that all the time to all of them. And it made me very nostalgic. And then she told me this really funny story about how my niece one night when she was singing to her, rolled over and said to her, Nana, stop singing. I don't want that song anymore. (laughs) Have your kids ever actually said, Mum, I'm over it. I don't
1: want watermelon anymore. Not that that's a sleeping no, song. but numerous times, particularly my youngest. No, my youngest does not want to hear me sing. But a lot of them, a lot of the time, I think for them singing for me was was often about me being away from them. So, and I don't know, kids have a kind of, I don't know, a perverse sort of pleasure in like stopping you from singing. I don't know what it yeah. is, but they, it's, it seems very common and, and. They they want to stop you from doing something that they can see is quite pleasurable for <laughs> you. I don't understand it. But they've all done it to me. They all have. of them. You oh. know, at various at various times. But actually now my my daughter uh, is learning the piano and she's learning to accompany herself on the piano and um sometimes she'll sing an old try I'll sing with her. Just quietly sing. And she doesn't. She doesn't tell me to stop. Oh so, nice. So that's good. I try and sing a little harmony just just so she she might get the idea, you know. How to stay on your melody, if someone's singing a harmony, she's never told me to start with. Oh, good one! That's good. that's nice.
0: <laughs> You're also releasing a book and a CD accompanying that book based around the song A You're Adorable. I'm talking a lot about my mum in this interview. I'm not quite sure why, but she also sang that song. And I love it. I always get lost when I get up to E, mm. excitable or something. It's quite an old song. Mm, How yeah. did you come to
1: it? And have I got any chance of getting you to sing a little bit of it? Sure. Try stopping me. So it's an, it's an alphabet song and um, and it's also a love song. And it goes like this. A, you're adorable. B, you're so beautiful. C, you're a cutie full of charms. D, you're a darling, and E, you're exciting, and F, you're a feather in my arms. And on and on it goes. Oh, that's gorgeous. <laughs> no, I don't sing it like that. I, I think, um, I think the thing I love about this song, apart from the fact that it was apparently the first song i ever sung as a child but i just love the idea that there are so many songs out there that are romantic you know they're love songs but they're songs that you want to sing particularly to your baby and this was this is one that i yeah i sang to my babies as well and i just wanted i just wanted to put another alphabet song out there that was um not as dry maybe as some of the others
0: oh it's gorgeous it's, <laughs> it's so lovely, lovely. Yeah. do you ever sing songs now that make you cry because I've noticed that it's ridiculous songs that I would no, never even think would make me cry but they just something in them triggers me to feel nostalgic about my children especially growing up or you know thinking about them when they're little babies have you ever had a moment even on stage where a song has made you
1: get emotional oh I, I'm so many songs make me emotional music I think connects to Sort of primal part of us and and to our heart, it speaks in another language. And I think there are so many times, particularly after you have kids, where you where you just feel I, I don't know, quite vulnerable, I suppose, about your children, but also about your parents. And oh, I don't know, it's it just, it just triggers something. I think as as an actor too, it's kind of opened up a whole other area of of my kind of range, I guess, because I have a kind of a more empathy towards. Things than I did before. It's interesting you say that because one of the latest
0: roles that you've played in *Time of Our Lives* is um, a stepmother with her own children and dealing with so with what a lot of families deal with these days, which is um, different kinds of makeups for families. What was it like playing that role and having to empathise with such a complex situation?
1: Mm. Well, Bernadette was, you know, she's quite. Quite evolved in that in that way. Um, She's and- very evolved. I was watching that going. Mm. It's just seen like that too.
0: Mm. She's evolved as Bernadette because mm. I'm believing she is. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good <laughs> acting then.
1: <laughs> um, look, that was just great, and I think I mean I I missed that show. I think there I mean there's there's other sh- there's other great shows on TV that do reflect sort of modern family life, but I really thought that one just dealt with, you know the everyday issues that we face, that for us are really vital and really important. And to see that reflected on television
0: is really helpful. Particularly the challenges, I think that's one thing parents often feel they're dealing with it on their own that um, I never forget there was a scene where you're trying to get the kids the twins to bed and they wouldn't I think it was something like they wanted to wear this women costume to bed yes. and you ask someone to help and I was I remember watching that going those writers mm. and actors <laughs> have children they know what's going on and it is it just the chaos of having a family it was quite nice to see that Actually, yeah don't, I think
1: it's important to see that reflected And to know that it's normal, yeah, because you do feel isolated as a parent. You do feel like you're on your own, strangely enough, when you know there are so many other people out there. But, you you know, you're obviously housebound and you're tired and... You know, you want to do the right thing but you find yourself screaming at them and you think, How did I how did I get here? Am I the only one that does this? <laughs> yes. Is just, is this a wrong? friend of
0: mine said she'd shut the windows before she'd scream at a kid <laughs> so the neighbours wouldn't be too judging. Well I've
1: been I've been at a swimming pool and been recognised for being a play school presenter and trying to get my kids out of the pool. Oh, no. You know? <laughs> trying you know, <laughs> trying not to lose it. <laughs> get out of the pool, now, you know. You can see people looking at me anyway <gasps> that's just a <Clark. laughs> oh
0: we better write to the telly yeah. um, so speaking of play school what do you love about working on that show because you've been with them for over a decade now right
1: yeah 15 years actually wow yeah um which is a long time for me uh, you know in terms of commitment to any one thing apart from my my marriage <laughs> 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 which I'm also quite proud of <laughs> um well, I, I think it's it's history. So the fact that it's generational and that it, it's turning fifty next year, and so I think for a big part for me was, I think standing on the shoulder of giants. So people like Noni Hazelhurst and John Hamblin and Don Spencer and John Waters and people that I grew up watching as a as a kid and then as a young actor watching these. Amazing performers, and and even then knowing what skill was involved in it, and and how entertaining they were for half, you know, for a whole half hour, and how I knew it wasn't a show for me. I was ten, eleven, twelve, but I was I was still drawn to it in some way, and a lot of it had to do with their great storytelling skills, their great performance skills. So I think I learned a lot from them as a young as a young actor. So to be in their company, and to be part of the same. Contribution, I suppose, to the cultural life of of Australia is that means a lot to me. I think it is a really important show. I think it it tackles all kinds of you know of issues, and it treats children as as complex beings, and um, it doesn't talk down to them. And as beings that are capable of doing everything, and then it's not about sort of teaching them to do things. It's about reinforcing what they what they can do, and 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 about them being part of a community. And um, yeah, I'm I'm enormously proud of it as a program and its worth is, it's vital, I think. I really do. And what's the challenges? Because I think you
0: touched on a few things there that I think when parents watch the program, they might think it's really straightforward. As a, a journalist myself looking at it, I think, oh my God, I don't know how they managed to keep such amazing eye contact. It really looks like they're looking at you and at the children and they're engaging. I mean, what are the challenges about working on a program like that?
1: Well, you have to learn it. You have to learn half an hour of, of um, script. So, you know, it's up to 30 pages of dialogue. If it's a read story, you know, where you sit in the story chair and you tell a story, you, you get the episode and you go, oh my God, I've got my <laughs> five pages where I can actually just read a book. This is good. And then, but then, you know, you're going to have to learn, you know, pages and pages of dialogue. So you really have to learn it as if it's, it's, dr- it's a drama. So then you really are trying to connect with that person at home. You know, that's kind of the key to it is that there's no auto cue? There's people are kind of – it's in their bodies and it's been rehearsed and it's been learnt so that it can be performed. Yeah. Well, thank you from all the parents
0: because it is such a great program. So you're incredibly diverse. You're an author, an actor, musician, but all of these jobs – um, are classified as freelance and while now everyone knows and loves you and um, I imagine that um, the tours are that people will be going to them and looking forward to them, all of that sort of thing, but your partner is also an actor and once upon a time you wouldn't have had that kind of guarantee that people were going to come to your shows, that sort of thing. How challenging is it to manage two freelance careers effectively, two creative freelance careers and having a family? It's not just having your babies and that really intense period when they're little. They grow and have other requirements, yes. <laughs> um, financial as well as emotional. How did you manage that?
1: Um, well, I think it's it's a little bit make it up as you go along, um, because, like you say, they do their needs do change, particularly in high school, and it becomes a lot more uh, about travel arrangements and being there for them before school and being there for them after school and making sure they're in their homework routine. And so I feel very lucky in that sense that I that I am freelance because I, I can shape my work around what they're doing, which is great. Um, the flip side of that is it doesn't matter how from the outside, how successful someone looks, you need to maintain that sort of level of work you know and the only way to maintain it is to keep working <laughs> so so it's a it's it is a, it's a cliche but it is a juggle it really is and it's about talking a lot to your partner it's about scheduling and then also for me because I'm terrible time at time management just dreadful at it <laughs> um so I'm kind of constantly learning how to how to get better at it really. how to manage time how to manage time well you know yeah. And also, I don't really want to manage time well. I don't want to live my life trying to manage my time. I just, I don't want to be like that. So I'm, I think I fight with it. I fight with it all the time. But, you know, yesterday uh, I picked up my son. Oh, I, You know, I was able to go to my son's swimming lesson after school. And on the days when you feel like it's hard, you know, it's really hard work to kind of maintain that. So, you know, I go, well, here I am. I'm watching his swimming lesson. Just watch it and enjoy it because... You know, if you were nine to five, you may you would have holidays, yes, but you might not be here now. So just enjoy where you are in the moment. And I think that's a big lesson for me, is to just stay where I am and say, Okay, I'm doing okay and this is this is a good is a good thing because otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to that. And look, finally, this this one's a little bit cheeky, but I have to ask because I put out the question to my friends on Facebook because I do have lots of friends who love you. And I said, I'm I'm speaking with Justine tomorrow. Does anyone have a question? And a very good friend of mine, and he's not the only one, has a little bit of a crush on you. (laughs) And he says, he figures he's not the only one and he wants to know have you ever been at a concert or anywhere else where a, a dad or mum has made an inappropriate pass at you? Um,
1: I don't, I don't think so. But I have <laughs> not been, that You notice? Not that I noticed, but I have been at shows where, um, where I've thought there's a lot of dads out there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not so much anymore. But back in the day, yeah, I would hear, like, you know, you'd say, you'd, you could hear the audience singing along and you hear, I like to sing it. Yeah, There's quite a few. <laughs> this is all right by me. That's good. There you go.
0: You're not alone. I, I won't name you. That'd be just embarrassing. Justine, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Such a pleasure. Feed, Play, Love is a Babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt.